let's play it all out and let's see can we correct mistakes can we get better can we play like we did in Los Angeles six weeks in a row you know or in in Carolina you know and uh, and not have that game like we had the other day and that again that's a lot of guys around him that's part of the part about being disappointed is sometimes the guys around him are making mistakes that are affecting him Welcome to the Real Buck Stock Podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Be sure to follow us at Real Buckstock and all social media platforms. This is your host, Michael Plus, joined by my co-host, Mark Ramirez. And Mark, uh, we're heading into another game week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they get ready to travel to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans, who just come off, came off a big win against the San Diego Chargers. And so we're going to discuss that and uh, much more. But uh, let's get it started. Um, what do you think of this game, this matchup? I think it's a very winnable game. Uh, I think we say that a lot, but <laughs> this is uh, definitely something the Bucks can take advantage of and hopefully get back uh, to winning ways. It's winnable in a way that they're very similar teams. Right. Both run very similar defenses. Both have quarterbacks like to hold on to the ball and just don't have a definitive answer. I think just the Titans just know how to not – turn over the ball and take care of it and just win in the end. And that's what they did in the Chargers. That's why it was so close the whole game. They ended up winning 23-20. to 20. Right. And what happened at the end of the game? Their running game actually started coming alive. And Derrick Henry started running all over everyone. He's a big dog. I mean, he can do that. And that's something we're going to talk about about this game. I mean, mm. if you keep giving it to him, giving him the ball, he's going to eventually start running over people. Hopefully it doesn't happen with us because of our line and how good we are against the run. And he's not a quick back. He's just power like a Leonard Fournette. But it's just, I mean, looking at the Titans, they're aggressive like Bruce Arian said. They're in your face. They've got a lot of big guys. It's just don't beat yourself. Right. Because they don't want to beat there's themselves either, and they're not going to. They're going to let you beat yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking at the Titans, they they are very similar to us. I mean, both franchises are kind of in the same boat. Um, you know, the Bucks are two and four. The Titans are three and four. Uh, you know, the big storyline is Marcus Mariota is is benched. He's he's on the bench right now. They made the switch to Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, the Bucks have questions with with Jameis Winston right now, especially off of his last performance. So there's a lot of things that are very similar for both franchises. They're trying to find answers, especially at the quarterback position, but also trying to find an identity and a winning identity. It seems like both teams are kind of up and down, uh, inconsistent. I think the Titans, um, the Titans were in the, the playoffs right last year, I believe, and they beat, um, or maybe that was a couple years ago. But that was a couple of years ago. yeah, Didn't they beat the Chiefs a that's, couple years ago. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it was sure as hell wasn't last year. You're right. <laughs> So, you know, two teams that, you know, Titans on the on one side have had success. They've they've had win, winning seasons before. You know, the Bucks are trying to get to that that point. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Um, we're not going to see the Marcus Mariota versus Jameis Winston in this game. 
but you know the teams itself they do a lot of similar things like Mark was saying defensively I think pretty much run the same defense where it's very aggressive blitzing um, you know dropping back into coverage doing a lot of different things to give different looks offensively um, you know we both teams want to run the football um, and then you know the difference with the Bucks offense we like to take shots downfield Tennessee kind of does it methodically and works our way um, you know into scoring position yeah, so you're right. It wasn't last year; it was the year before. Okay. But they've been nine and seven three years in a row. Right. Yeah, I knew they they've had winning seasons. So. Which is, yeah. As a Buck fan, as a whole community, as Buck Buck fans, mm-hmm. we just want to have a winning season. Right. Let's just get some wins under our belt. Then we'll start thinking playoffs and yeah, things it's a, after that. Let's for the win. Right. For the Bucks, it's about building a foundation, and and that's something that just hasn't taken place, and that's why. You know, me and you, we keep, you know, yes, we're, we're pissed off that we're in the situation that we are as far as being two and four, but we can see the big picture going forward, and we just want this team to start building that culture and that, that, that foundation that hopefully this coaching staff will establish, but it's just finding those right ingredients right now. Yeah, so with that said, let's jump into the preview, Yeah. right? So... We always look, I think it's usually, this is where we usually look, our offense versus the other team's defense. Yeah. So, again, this is going to be based off of, I think, they take the ball out of the hands of Jameis Winston a little bit because five interceptions, six turnovers, seven sacks, get the ball out of his hands faster or just hand the ball off. Even though the Titans' run defense is really, really, really good, Mm -hmm. just like ours. Again, they're very similar in that nature. They're both three, four teams. They're both very aggressive, but in an area where they are weak just as much as we are, when we send in the house, guess what? Your cornerbacks are on an island. We've mentioned that many times. People hate our secondary. But the thing is, if you send that many people in, that's leaving your cornerbacks out to dry. So their cornerbacks are serviceable. I mean, Malcolm Butler. They have Logan Ryan. Right. They have... I mean, you said Dory Jackson's probably likely to be out. Yeah, he hasn't practiced so far. And then they have some good safeties. I mean, Kenny Vercaro, we're sim- we're familiar with that name. And then they have um, Kevin, I think it's Bird Kevin. Or something like that. Bayard. Bayard. Yeah. Something like that. He's really good. So, But the thing is, is, either way, when they send in the guys, those are the times when Jameis is supposed to be at his best, right? Right. Against the Blitz. Well, let's see it. If you have to make a quick decision, I truly still do believe our weapons one-on-one will win. And O.J. Howard against anyone one-on-one, Mike Evans even said it, he's going to win. Godwin obviously has proven time and time again he's going to win one-on-ones. Mike Evans, when he's not doubled every damn down, he wins every one-on-one. Let's see. Let's see if we can get this bad taste out of our mouth. I agree with you that, yes, this is a game that we should supposedly win with our weapons and the stuff we can do with the ball. But then again, number three has to make these calls. Right. Does he – it's up to the – to me, it's up to the coaching staff to get the ball out of his hand faster, make easier decisions. If you're going to do rollouts, make rollouts where he knows where he has to go. I'm tired of the Superman running around mm-hmm. looking for something that's not there, ends up being a fumbled turnover, touchdown for the other team because they have a short field. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think they definitely need to turn to more of a ball control style offense. You know, stop trying to force the big play. Don't – 
Don't look for it all the time. You know, let's let's methodically work our way down the field. Let's get some rhythm going. Let's get Jameis involved early and get him, you know, get him in a nice rhythm where he is getting the ball out quickly, like you said, and getting some easy completions. That is something that they need to start doing. You know, screen game, slants, etc. That needs to be a part of the plan. Uh, moving the pocket, like you said, with you know play action rollouts, etc. That that would definitely be a big plus. But yeah, I mean, you got to commit to running the football. I like to see Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, you know, carry the ball, you know, fifteen plus times, you know, and see what they can do to get in rhythm. I mean, that has been a strength. We've gone up against good run defenses already this year and we've proven that we can run the football if we stay committed to it so you know hopefully you know that's the case on Sunday you know Bruce Arians is four and one after a bye week so that is good in our favor so hopefully that that plays a part you know you get DeMar Dotson back at at right tackle which should help um, your offensive line you know so hopefully we see some good things where they made some adjustments clearly that has been shown on tape and uh, and they can make the best of it as far as working with Jameis and making sure he's not put in a situation where he feels like he has to throw the ball and it's it's interception, you know, et cetera. I mean, some points on that. Mm-hmm. It's I'm being hard on Jameis. I've honestly he's fallen out of my starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers already. But still, like Arian said in the beginning of the intro. There's 10 games left. Let's right. see it play out. Yeah, you got to let it play. And to face it, I mean, he still is our starting quarterback. You still want to win every game. It doesn't matter. Just because he's fallen out of favor with me does not mean I don't want to win. Right. I just think moving forward, like the future is going to be risky no matter what if he's there. Mm-hmm. I just have seen too much of it, and I don't I don't like it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's too inconsistent. I mean, we talked about it. It's up and down with Jameis, and – that's why I'm hoping this coaching staff realizes what they have to do going forward. You're not going to be able to play, you know, the offensive style that you guys want as far as Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich of this vertical offense. You're going to have to adjust, and you're going to have to make Jameis into a game manager where he's getting that ball out quickly, and you're just working your way down the field. Plus, that helps your defense out. You keep them off the field. You, you keep it balanced and, and you avoid those turnovers and you're not putting your defense in bad position. And that can help them play better defense going forward, especially if you can get the lead, then you're in good business. And that's what they did the first couple of weeks of the season. And that's why they were successful. A couple of weeks. No, they, they only have two wins. Right. <laughs> so early what, on in the season. Yeah. yeah. So what do they usually do in those two games they won? Well, what they did, I mean, you look at our two wins, Panthers, they ran the football, yep. uh, they didn't turn it over, and they played good enough defense where they kept things in front of them, they didn't allow the big plays, and they got turnovers as well on the defensive side of the ball and took advantage, you know, inside the red zone. So that's that's why they won. I mean, they made plays when they had to, and but they played smart to uh, win games at the end of the end of the game. Yeah, so the – Peyton Barber had 23 rushes in the Panthers' win. Rojo had four. Ronald Jones had 19 rushes in the game against the Rams. Barber had nine. So either way, they, they rushed a lot. Yeah, they ran it, was, it more effectively. Yeah, so it was around 25 to, say, 30 carries. That's the magic number. They got to hit that. And, I mean, just Winston just not, does not need to have the ball in his hands as much. Right. 
Like, and I think both of those games, if I'm not mistaken, Jameis had – he might have had, I think, at most 35 passing attempts in the Rams game. And I know he had under 30 against Carolina. And under 30 is where I would like to see him stay. Well, he had 41. They were 41, just they yeah. Were 41 against the Rams. They, they were lighting it up everywhere. They were hot there. I mean, they had the matchups. It was a it was a perfect matchup for them in the passing game. But you were right, 25 against the Panthers. Exactly. So – you know, 25 to 30 passing attempts, that's where I like to see him. I know uh, two weeks ago against the Panthers, he had 54, which is just – that's outrageous. But we were down because of what he, he did. He, yeah, what he did in the game. So, yeah, going forward – and we spoke about this, you know, last uh, last Monday's podcast, you know, just talking about the plan. And it's just giving him less reads, not let, letting him think too much. It's one to go. If he holds the ball more than three seconds, we got issues because usually when he's holding the ball more than three, that means bad things are going to happen. It's either sack, turnover, or incompletion. We got to get the ball out quickly and and utilize um, our talent in in short spaces. And with that, I mean, take a book, take a chapter out of the Titans' book. Mm-hmm. The Chargers are usually a good, sound, fundamental team. They're led by a really good quarterback. Guarantee a lot of Buck fans would rather have Philip Rivers over James Winston right now. Can you imagine this team with Philip Rivers? I mean, but with that said, I mean, Philip Rivers lost to this Titans team. Exactly. And the Titans didn't do anything special. They just didn't shit the bed. That's all they didn't. They didn't do that. So just don't shoot yourself in the foot. Take a page. I'm serious. Our weapons are that good where they can Mm -hmm. easily win. Get your dudes that are can. Make moves in space, O.J. Howard, Rojo, Godwin. Mm-hmm. Get them in space. Yeah. Have them do what they do. And then once everyone's sucked into the short yardage, then you go over the top. We've been saying this for years now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we continue to go to Evans first things first. Everyone knows he's doubled mm-hmm. in the beginning of the game. Yeah. Godwin's wide open. They're wondering why Godwin doesn't get the ball. I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> get him the ball early. Run the short pass game first. Get the run game going. And then that deep ball will be there. They try and push it. I don't know if this is a coaching staff issue, which it's likely not, because if it's the same thing, it's a Jameis Winston issue. Hmm. Again, it's not a bash Jameis Winston show. It's just... That's that's who he is. I mean, he he likes to... I've said this before in the last podcast. His mentality is, if I execute and I execute it right, it's going to work. Well, Hmm. guess what? I put this on our Facebook group. Again, tagging our Facebook group in here. I posted it on Twitter. The dude thinks – you don't think the defense is thinking, if I execute this, if he tries to throw it to Mike Evans, I'm going to right. pick this damn ball off. Yeah. And that's all they have to do. They have to think – he's just – he's obviously going to look right at Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. If we just bait him here, we're going to win this. Right. And that, that's what it is. So no matter how hard you execute to Mike Evans, whether it's timing or not, if he's doubled, he's going to get picked off, tipped, or something. Yeah. yeah. you got to look and read the defense. I'm sorry to get mad, but this is just it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't read pre-snap. He doesn't make any audibles. He just runs what he's brung. And it's just the call's in, nothing gets changed. It's just look around, point around, nothing's changed. Right. And that's something a maturation of a quarterback should change. Hasn't changed enough. Make it, handcuff him. Try and win games. Yeah. Don't make this dude make you win games. Win games by running the ball, chewing the clock out like the Titans did, 32 minutes over the Phil Rivers-led Chargers. I'm just I'm tired of us killing ourselves. Right. And that's a little bit of anger from a Bucks fan. <laughs> no, it's fine. And I agree with it. And you look at this defense of the Titans, they are a very good defense. They only allow, I think, sixteen points per game. Uh so it's a stout defense. 
Um, the problem with the Titans, they don't really score much either. They only, I think, average uh, a little bit more than 17 points a game. So when you factor that in, this is going to be a good test for the Bucks, And it's going to see, can we put what has happened so far behind us um, going forward? Can this team mature? And, and like Mark said, can we make the changes necessary to win games and, and be effective on offense where turnovers are not going to kill us anymore and we're going to find a way to, you know, play winning football. And that's, you know, both on the defensive side and offensive side and playing complete as a team. But yeah, I mean, just looking at matchups, I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be matchups to, to be had, I think, especially against Malcolm Butler. I think that's a matchup you can take advantage of. Uh, any anybody in the slot, I think we'll have open options, uh, and then running the football. I think there will be times where we can be effective. Um, again, it's a three-four. There's weaknesses there that you can find and and be able to run, and run the ball consistently. Yeah, and my weakness for us to attack, if they're very similar to us, attack the middle of the field, right behind the linebackers and between the safeties. Yeah. And when they blitz, whatever one-on-one you see, throw it to it. Yeah. I mean, and that's something where Winston's good at against the blitz. Mm-hmm. Just throw up a, a ball. Yeah. I mean, every time he throws up a ball on a Mike Evans one-on-one, it's 75% chance he's coming down with it. Especially yeah. he's angry he didn't catch some of these balls in the Panthers. So yeah. that is my go-tos. Shorts, yeah, Eckler went crazy with 118 yards, seven receptions in this game. Mm-hmm. And just middle of the field again, Hunter Henry. This, I mean, just – O.J. Howard and Rojo on screens or yeah. take a wild guess. You're two big playmaking guys that can make something happen in space. Yeah. Will we make it happen? Let's see. Or are we going to face it to Mike Evans? I don't know. <laughs> but it's drawing a picture of what you can do. It's just executing it and not holding the ball too long. Right. No, I agree with that. Yeah, we gotta we got to get the ball out quickly. There's going to be opportunity for screens. Um, you know, just easy passes over the middle. I think it's it's going to be the bread and butter, and hopefully the Bucks see that and they attack it, and not try to do too much. And that's been that's been their problem. And then just looking at their defense, Jeffrey Simmons, a guy we're extremely high on, yeah, in really, the draft, really good. He, he was coming off ACL from Texas A and M, I believe, or no, Mississippi State, yes. Mississippi State. Yeah, dude is an athletic freak. He just looks massive. He's he's going to be like the only dude wearing a brace on their D line, but. The dude has massive power. He doesn't have the moves yet, but power, speed, just bull rush, he's got it. Mm-hmm. He had the only sack they had against the Chargers. I'm just – let him keep learning. Don't let him explode on this game. Right. Harold Landry is another one we were big big high on in mm-hmm. two years ago. Yes. Yeah, two yeah. years ago. Yeah. He, he's a very good speed rusher. He's similar to, like, Noah Spence, but better. Right. <laughs> but he just knows how to rush. Yeah. So yeah, they have a very good personnel group. Yeah. Uh, it's a good defense, um, to be honest, and they they know what they're doing. Again, this team is just a little bit further along than what the I would say the Bucks are right now, as far as just knowing who they are and guys are in position. Um, but you know, at the same time, there's going to be opportunities uh, to be taken advantage of. It's just can the Bucks do that and, and be consistent with it? So. Yeah, I, I like I like the matchups on the outside in the secondary. I think our receivers can win. Um, you know, Malcolm Butler, he's not very tall, you know, shorter corner. I think there's going to be opportunities for Mike Evans. And then on the opposite side, they have um, 
who's that? Logan, Logan Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Logan Ryan, he's not, not the Both five eleven. Yeah, not they're not the quickest guys either, and I think there's gonna be opportunities there um to get separation. So yeah. And then their linebackers, again, really stout against the run, but sub suspect against the pass. So there's gonna be opportunities. Um Yeah, I mean it's I'm just gonna say it again. In the middle above the linebackers, outside or any of these one on ones. Right. So Leave it at that. Let's move on to our defense versus their offense. Right. Let me just jump into this real quick. Tannehill, first start at Tennessee. 23 of 29, which is damn near 80% passing. 312 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. The two sacks were just him holding on to the ball too long, a la James Winston. (laughs) And he just looked good. If you pass for 80% completion percentage in a a game, that's, that's efficient. Yeah, that's really good. I, I wonder what his yards per pass is in, the, in that game. But, you know, looking at Tannehill, he is uh, very effective, and he likes to check the ball down. Um, he does a good job of, you know, taking what's there. And um, he's not going to do anything spectacular, but he can make some really good throws at times. He's got a, he's got a gun for an arm, so he can fit some passes in there. Um, I think that was the one, you know, he fit a nice ball into Corey Davis for that touchdown. So, He's uh, he's a playmaker, and you got to be able to contain the pocket because he can run. He's got speed, uh, so you got to watch out for that. But you know, looking at their offensive line, I think that's somewhere where we can take advantage. I like our front four and our front seven, how they've been playing um, as one, and I think there will be opportunities. Now, you know, looking at offense, they want to establish the run game. Obviously, big Derrick Henry, that's their main go-to guy. That's who they're going to force feed. Um, so you got to wrap up and tackle and, and clog the lanes. Um, again, he's not very quick out of the gate, but once he gets going, he can be very fast and dangerous. So you have to watch that, especially on screens. They like to get him in screen game, and then he can he can run some people over if he gets going. Uh, and then, you know, wide receiver talent, not the greatest, but Corey Davis has been stepping up lately. He's uh, really good. And then you have um, Adam Humphreys, who's a familiar face, uh, really good in the slot. They haven't really utilized him much. And then they have A.J. Brown, who's another promising rookie, who looks pretty good. He's physical. And then I think the other guy is Tate, Tajay Sharp. Uh, and then tight end group is, is strong as well with uh, Jonas Smith. Yeah, so that's a, an area where we, as the Bucks weapons area, we, we are better. Let's just be honest. I mean, AJ, is it A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown, yeah. He's a physical freak, I'll be honest about that. He hasn't proven anything yet. He had a couple of good games. Corey Davis, we all really liked coming out. Yeah. Adam Humphreys, we all know he's like the perfect slot. Derrick Henry still is the guy to stop. Oh, yeah. Just And just because you stop him early does not mean he's not going to explode late like he did against the Chargers. Yeah. What's funny is that he had 90 yards, 22 carries. His longest run was 12 yards. So he's just chewing you away. Yeah. Right? But his average was four yards. Like, He's like, okay, I'll take this four. I'll take this four. Mm-hmm. He's just mowing you over, and he's wearing you down. And that's how teams win games. Like, if you don't want to lose, you just keep pushing it until it works. And a dude that big, I mean, what is he, 6'2", 220, two, no, 230 or something like that? Yeah, he's huge. 6'3", 247, forgive me. <laughs> that's a, a, a bully. He's a tank. So, I mean, you just, you're going to expect them to feed him early and often, find ways to get him the ball. Our run defense is superb. I think our two defensive linemen in the interior are two of the best in the NFL. It's just 
let them do their job. Don't don't send in the blitzes like Vita Vea and and, and Dominican Sue can do what they need to do. If they're gonna double bear it, let them do it and see what Vita Vea and Sue can do to destroy a quarterback. Right. I've been saying it. Nassib is right there. Mm-hmm. It's I believe it's like when we send in the blitz, they see a one on one, they just throw it to whatever one on one is there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I and we talked about this last podcast, you know, let them play more coverage. Let your front four just get after it and, and eat, you know, what they have in front of them. Uh, we got to be able to stop the run, but I think we'll be able to, you know, like I said, the way the Bucks play defense, they really don't allow many gaps to be had, and Derrick Henry won't have the necessary room to get his motor going. So I think we'll be able to to go forward and, and stop the run. But coverage-wise, uh, yeah, I mean, have guys, have guys help out and, and let them, you know, play back and, and keep everything in front. You have your linebackers and, and Devin White and Levante David who can play sideline to sideline and make plays. So I think that's the way to go. Play it smarter. You know, don't have to blitz every time. If you have the lead, sure, yeah, go be aggressive and try to get turnovers. But, uh, yeah, just keep everything in front and let this defense play attacking style where they can play downhill and make plays on the football. And then just looking at their offensive line, really, I yes, they're above average to me. I mean, they, they had a lot of time where Tannehill, obviously, if you're completing 80% of your passes, yeah, he's got you time. have time to throw. Yeah. But looking at the Chargers line, besides Joey Bosa, you're not really terrified by anyone. Yeah, and and he's got, the only guy that got two sacks. They got a lot of injuries, too, up front. And they also didn't sign back legit, right? Yeah. Corey Legit, whatever right, his name is. Right. So, I mean, we have a lot more talent on our D-line than they do. Right. And then Denzel Perriman is a good linebacker, run-stuffing linebacker. Guess what? Devin White's are way faster than he has. He has. His, <laughs> he, he is. Right. And if he's as pissed off as he looks like he should be after that McCaffrey touchdown, I'm hoping he plays this way that the rest of the season. So I think our defensive line is better than the Chargers. We'll be able to stop the run. It's just let your linebackers roam. Don't let them just blitz every time. Yeah, I Unless, agree. like you said, we have the lead. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Just let them play coverage. Um, again, when they were in coverage against the Panthers two weeks ago, it, it worked. You know, when they were keeping things in front of them and they were just catching guys, you know, I think that's where they need to start doing more of, and I think it'll be effective. Again, Tannehill tends to hold the football, so just let your front four just get in his face and, and make things happen. I think that's where we can be very successful um, in this game. You know, offensively, uh, they use – like you know, like you said, I mean, their main focal point is Derrick Henry, but they do use a lot of play action off of that. And Tannehill does a good job of his play action fakes. Um, he does a good job of you know making sure he sucks in those defenders, and then he can make plays off of that. So just got to be smart, you know, how we attack them. Again, he's going to take the checkdowns if it's there, so we got to be able to tackle and get off the field on third down. And then similar to Jameis, he is mobile. Right, he is an athlete at quarterback, so much faster. Yeah, so yeah. he can he can move around. He can make good throws on the run as well. So once you get home, make sure you bring him down. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then lastly, I just wanted to make one added point. Their special teams is really really good. Mm-hmm. Their punter had two punts last the last game, both inside I believe the ten, not even just the twenty inside the ten. And that's something you take for granted. As the Bucks, I mean, under Cutter, our special teams was actually really good. It hasn't been as good. Right. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Smith came back one game. He showed what one guy, a gunner, 
can do in this for the special teams. A fumble, a stop inside the five, like this dude, and we couldn't do crap like that prior. Right. So yeah, we're gonna have new returners this week for the Bucks. So that's do we know who yet? I have no idea who's gonna be. I'm assuming they're just gonna go out and surprise us. (laughs) But um, so that's gonna be interesting. Ali Marpet. Ali Marpet as returner. I like it because at least he'll be physical and maybe he can run some guys over. Probably not the fastest guy to put out there, but uh, yeah, mow him over. Don't worry. Yeah, (laughs) but we'll see. I'm assuming it's probably they're probably gonna give the rookie a chance. I think Scotty Miller might be the guy for it. See what happens, but yeah, special teams they they are very solid. But overall, I mean, again, I think this is gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be a good game. I think the Bucks will play much more effectively. At least I hope they do and play smarter. Uh, And hopefully they listen to us and you know take. Take what's there. I mean, it's it's not hard, and you know, don't make this more complicated than it needs to be. You got you got a ton of skilled players that can just do everything. Just use them right. And same thing on defense. You got playmakers back there. Let them play their style of game and play. You know, going forward downhill. Don't make them go backwards. Make them go forward. It's the same stuff we said with Cutter. Like exactly. Just use the guys you have, and you don't need to hit home runs every no. every at bat you set up the home runs yes. by hitting what's there in front yeah. of you and if you if it literally just the short pass is less probability is something bad going to happen yeah. and it doesn't mean you have to throw a screen mm-hmm. to the wide receiver at the farthest hash mark right, okay right. that means you can just throw to the running back right in front of you yes for three yards because it makes the next down easier exactly you don't have to hit the home run it's just that simple mm-hmm. this is what the patriots do years and years and years in a row yeah it's nothing special, and then they set up what they want to do later. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. You just I mean, hope your guy leading the ship. I'm not main, mentioning Arians. I'm talking Jameis Winston can realize this, mm-hmm. but it's it's a process, I guess. Yeah, it's a process for sure. Um, do we have anything else, or that's going to do it for tonight? Let's do it for the night. And okay, we'll, we'll see what happens on Sunday. All right, sounds good. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode, uh, and uh, everyone have a great weekend, and go Bucks as always. <laughs>